A roundabout offers the chance to choose a destination. How fast or slow, how cautiously or bravely you approach it. A roundabout provides its user opportunity, danger, but ultimately choice, much like life. Roundabout is a podcast about life, love, journeys, success and failure. Mostly a celebration of living life and making the most of opportunity. Well, good day, Roundabouters, and welcome back to the Roundabout podcast, Gratitude Road. As I said in our last um, last chat, um, put a little extension on the back of the uh, Roundabout podcast. So we're rolling with Roundabout podcast, Gratitude Road. Um, guys, firstly, just wanted to say thanks so much um, to everyone for uh, for the support, for your support. Um, you know, I'm continually blown away. I'm getting, you know, text messages and, you know, Facebook messages and all, all kinds of different stuff. Just just shout outs. And, and you know, um, I think what, what has really been pleasing to me is that um, just from the one uh, intro um, we put together uh, early this year, um, the gratitude train is, <clears throat> it's, it's cranking along. Um, I got a, um, the other day a message from a, a fella that I know fairly well. He sent me a photograph of what looked like probably out in his backyard. It's a photo of his swimming pool, um, and it just looked like a really cool setting. And he just went, man, I'm grateful for this. So thanks for raising the gratitude issue. So, um, yeah, look, Bennett, um, mate, that was awesome. I really appreciate that, man. Um, other than that, guys, yeah, look, we'll continue on. It's going to be a big year, as I said uh, in the last pod. Um, looking forward to a huge, huge year. Just chatting with people, really. Just um, finding out what's going on, you know, what people are grateful for, um, what they want to do better, what they want to change, um, and just some cool stuff about them as people. So, look, we'll keep um, keep rolling this year. Um, I want to get straight in, though, now to today's guest. Uh, this is going to be an awesome chat. This is a really interesting human being. I'm really... Um, I'm intrigued in this guy's life. I've seen him around. I've I've known him sort of uh, probably for I don't know. Might be might be about 14, 15 years just through through his profession, really. So um, look, we'll stick uh, that fat on that info for now. Um, but can you please join me uh, and give a big cheer when you hear this? Um, I know we're not going to hear it because you're probably in your car or at home or something. But um, and welcome Eric Okusgaya, mate. Welcome to the Roundabout Podcast, um, mate. Before we sort of get too far deep into the world of, <laughs> of Eric, um, it makes sense to start at the start. Um, how did life start out for you? Where were you born? Born Mildura Base Hospital, actually, yep. f- 42 years ago. Uh, my first uh, house that we lived in was out of Cardross, yep. so I'm a Cardi boy, right, nice. uh, 20th Street, uh-huh. so just around the corner from the school. Oh, yeah. Back of the property, um, actually, was the back of the school, so I could sort of get a shortcut, go through the back of the property and, and get to school. So, uh, shout out to Simon Trimbaugh, who's the principal out of Cardross oh, yeah. Primary School. I uh, went to high school with uh, Simon, so uh, yep. he'd be a great guy. You could get on here this podcast. But yeah. uh, so, yes, yeah, so out of Cardross yep. and uh, Turkish parents, mum and dad, so mm. full Turkish blood running through my veins. Beautiful. Um, so. Lived my first bit all the way through cadre sort grade um, to prep, and yep. then lived in Melbourne for a few years, okay. and then grade four came back to Cardross, mm-hmm. and uh, stayed in Mildura. I've been literally born and bred in Mildura my entire life, and the only other stint was at Adelaide yep. for uni, for okay. four years of uni we'll in talk Adelaide. To, talk about that. Down but the track. otherwise, yeah. So 
uh, Mildura boy. Um, love Mildura. Love the people. Love the uh, weather. Love the, the the hotness and the mm. that dry heat. Really, really enjoy that. Yep. But um, yeah, I was uh, at at a function the other day, and someone I get up there and I'm, work is work. I, I yep. do, and uh, I won't apologise for how much I work. But I get <laughs> to this uh, function, and similar to your question of uh, you know where you're from, mm. I, the, the lady said, "Oh, you know, Eric, do you mind if I ask where you're from?" And I said. No, no, they said, oh, where did you come from? So that right. was the question. So where did you come from? Yeah. And so my reply was, oh, from work. I just finished <laughs> finished the pharmacy. And she sort of started, sort of hesitated and said, no, um, where were you before that? And I'm like, bef- I, like I was at work all day today. And I was came. at home before <laughs> So uh, it took me a little while to understand what she was asking. So I don't know if it's something that I, I look very uh, ethnic or what's oh, going on. Oh. But um, yeah, no, so I'm Australian, born in Mildura yeah. and uh, awesome. been here pretty much my whole life yeah no, and that, that is a funny question isn't it though when you know where'd you come from well that's not very really obvious answer yeah so uh, work. We, we 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 joke <laughs> at work because um turkey is actually in asia so yeah. go, so i'm asian yes and then we've got, got some egyptian pharmacists at uh-huh. work and i'll introduce people these people are african african yeah so they're like what's going on here <laughs> so uh but yeah no it's uh it's interesting the way that you sort of identify yourself and the way yeah. you sort of look at things. And um, if I said, you know, my blood is uh, 100% Turkish, both parents yeah. on both sides, you know, um, and as far back as we could tell. Mm. Um, dad's side, if you trace it back, uh, it's got some Mongolian blood. So, oh, you know, wow. so, uh, you know, I think there's a, the fact about Genghis Khan, yep. you know, one in 200 people in the world are related to Genghis Khan. So, <laughs> okay. um, so the fact that he got the, around, the, yeah, so the fact <laughs> the blood goes back to Mongolia, um, you know, does say that we probably uh, got some of that connected, connected there, but yeah, yeah. both sides are Turkish. Um, but my wife's Italian uh-huh. and so I do have a little bit of a soft spot in my soul to, you know, yeah. there's the, the, a the bit of, but yeah. How can you not though? Exactly. The yeah. food, the yeah. people, um, but so yeah, so, uh, I'm Australian. So, yeah, you know, when people ask me, oh, when the Olympics are on and, you know, there's, uh, you know, Australia huh. versus Turkey and I'm like, mate, I'm Australian. That, that, Born and that, red. That's it. Yeah. It's Australia. So, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it is what it is. No, that's cool. Um, so just on your parents, so mum and dad, so how, um, how did they end up in Mildura? So I asked the same thing to my grandparents. Yeah. I said, granddad, love you, mate. But like out of the entire world, you left Turkey. What are you yeah. doing in Mildura? I like, know. you know, and so, you know, they basically changed the work long story short. Yep. So, yep. um, as, uh, Australia was developing, like, you know, my granddad on dad's side was the first Turkish man to own land in Mildura. Oh, awesome. And granddad on mum's side was the first Turk to actually move to Mildura. So, um, yeah, so, um, you know, we're talking about early 70s. They, they were uh, in Mildura. So yep. the, the rest of the Turks sort of followed a few years after that. So, mm. um, so yeah, so between um, both sides of grandparents, we've been in Mildura um, for, you know, odd on 50 years now. So yep. way, way before I was born, yeah. um, 60 years nearly. Yeah, so, okay. uh it's, uh, yeah, we've got Mildura in our blood, you know, yeah. more than anything else. So, and, yeah, so they just said we, you know, had a couple of options when you're, like, you know, when you leave in the country and you talk mm. to the visa lawyers um, that could have ended up in America and they've got some, you know, cousins and stuff that ended up yep. in America. But long story short, they were chasing the work and, mm. you know, Mildura, were, you know, had a lot of uh, need for that. So hence why the Greeks and the Italians or, yeah, you know, all sure. sorts of came here. So we sort of followed that, that mm. trend. And, and, you know, that's continuing to happen still. There's, there's new... Um, nationalities of people moving here still. I, through my work, spend a bit of time 
relocating uh, Tibetan people. Like yep. you know, there's a not far from Mongolia. It's in that neighbourhood, yeah. sort of. Um, so life for Eric as a kid in Mildura, what was that? What was that like? What do you remember? Pretty simple. Like we, we you know, uh, we came from you know not much. You know, when mm. grandparents came over to um, Australia, they didn't have much. Literally, you know. I think it was like one suitcase for the whole family and that was it. So Mm. no savings, no... So, you Mm. know, life was pretty simple. So, you know, the pool, you know, and I, you know, used that uh, uh, with a a cheeky grin on my face was the old tank that was, you know, and I could remember, you know, swimming to the bottom of the tank, scraping my nose and, you know, having this blister (laughs) on my nose all the time because I'd be scraping myself and you'd get like, you know, rust cuts and that yeah, kind of stuff because yep. you know it was just an old rusty tank that was you know our pool and you know yeah. if it rained and you had a bit of mud and that was you know a playpen for a while and yeah. you know we had heaps of different you know sheep and cows and whatever and they, you know yep. they, they were your friends because out of car dross your next door neighbour could be you know a couple of cases away then yeah. it would have been farming families wouldn't it like great exactly so right. dried fruit or? Uh, yeah dried fruit yeah. so the hardest way to make any money yes and, uh, still is still is and so yeah so you know you, you, you have your, your pet dog and you know he'll be mm. your best friend and that's yeah. the way you grew up and uh, you know there'll be times when uh, you know you didn't see anyone besides your family mm. and it was really interesting as we said Turkish parents mm. Turkish grandparents yes and uh, and so I can remember going to kindergarten coming home and uh, saying to the mum mum there's something wrong with all the kids at school they don't understand um, what I'm saying yeah and she said oops we made a mistake here because they would only say, speak to me in Turkish oh. and you know just assume that I'd learn English well, at natural, school isn't it? and yeah. so they said oh well you know did you in service here yeah. so mum and dad would only speak to me in English from then on awesome so grandparents wouldn't they, they would, yeah. they'd still be Turkish but mum and dad mm. in our house would be just the English so I lost a lot of my English because language is like a muscle yeah. if you use it it gets stronger if you don't use it you lose it yeah, and so sure. depending on throughout my life so those years in um, primary school weren't mm. using it so yep. I lost it there and then when I got a little bit older I said I, I need to learn my Turkish again and get back to my heritage and get to my sure. uh, roots and like be able to talk to my grandparents, grandparents. And yeah. so I started yep. practicing getting used to it and getting better and then when I went off to uni Adelaide's mm beautiful place love it to bits yep not much of a turkish community no and no. so again four years of university no turkish at all mm. then once i came back to uh, mildura lost so i had to relearn it again yeah. pretty much and just start practicing and strengthening that muscle up yep and so i'm pretty good now mm. um but yeah it's uh it was definitely uh up and down up and down so English yeah. wasn't my first language yeah. and uh, so sometimes I'll mispronounce my words so listeners yeah. out there I do apologise for that <laughs> mate so there's I'll... no apology for that that's <laughs> that's a part of who you are right it is me it is um, me I, yeah look I, there's words I still can't say and I, I you know my family's been here and interesting you're saying yeah so yeah um grandparents were the first Turkish people to do a couple of different things mm. um, some people listening to this are going to go oh, here he goes again but I'm going to throw it in there yes, so my great great grandfather was Dr. Abramowski first doctor here wow. way back His, he had initially twins of which one of those passed away unfortunately pretty much right away but what years are we talking about what, 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 how, um, what, what year so was this? my great grandmother died at 103 about 30 years ago so 18... 60s, 70s. Wow. So Dr. Abramowski, yeah, yep. first doctor here. He was a bit of an interesting fella. He 
Um, so 1860s, that's like Chafee Brothers at times. Yeah, right? well, not long after. Yeah. Maybe a bit later, maybe 1880s. Yep. So he, um, he used to treat his patients by saying, eat fruit and drink my homemade whiskey. Wow. So he was a vegetarian before vegetarian was All called. These he actually wrote a book, which I found a copy called The Fruititarian. Wow. Yeah, it's somebody with your knowledge would be interesting for you to read it and go was this yep. guy a kook or was he onto something some of these things like you know it's coming back now and, yep. and it's, it's surprising you know we think we're new and it's trendy when it's, yep. it's hundreds of years old and yeah. and some of the really new stuff that we're you know we're saying it's new and trendy mm. are literally hundreds if not you know even longer and um, yeah. they knew what they were doing and you know and don't get me wrong it was literally trial and error like they would literally go through generations where they'll do a particular thing get it right and say okay yep. this is what you're going to keep doing yeah. and you know I sort of you use my um, heritage as an example like Turkish country is a Muslim country so I'm mm. a Muslim mm. um, upbringing mm. and one of the things that we do is we don't eat pork mm-hmm. and you sort of like okay what's wrong with the pig and there's lots of different examples of what's wrong and different yeah. about the pigs yeah. and you know you can go to a physiological point of view and say out of out of all the animals mm. um, the pigs are most related to humans so you, you can use pig valves in human that's transplants right, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're saying you know you don't want to be a cannibal you don't want to do that so yep. that's one of the reasons why we don't eat pork mm. but when it comes to the truth behind it yeah is the fact that back in the Arab countries where the religion started, mm. the pork meat would go off. Oh. It made you sick. Quickly. Yeah. yeah it okay. would go off. So yep. in the heat, it would go off. It made you sick. So the elders mm. said, okay, that meat makes you sick. Don't, Don't eat it. it. So it makes was sense. pretty much that kind of thing. So all these things that, you know, we're sort of saying new and trending the diets and whatever, yeah. if you just sort of look at the history, there's reasons behind it. For and sure. um, so, um, yeah. yeah, so don't. You know this fruit fruit diet um, is interesting for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, just on the so the no pork thing, but yeah. so your wife with an Ital- Italian heritage, a beautiful salami. Yeah, you can't eat it, can't go there, can't, don't go anywhere near nah, it. And it, it is weird. Like my parents said to me that uh, whatever makes you happy, like you mm. know, like, and this is a bit of my oversharing. And if my wife listens to this story, I do apologise, darling, for being so honest. Um, I was 16 when I met my wife, uh-huh. and for me, it was love at first sight. Mm. And I said to her, naively, I'm a 16-year-old kid, mm. and I said to her, I love you. Yeah. And she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's my feelings. <laughs> this is the way I feel. Yeah. And she's like, no, you don't. So I said, okay, I'm going to prove it to you. So and every day I would give her a different gift. So flowers, yeah. chocolates, yeah. wrote a poetry, yeah. um, so teddy bears and whatever. And said, after yeah. two weeks, she goes, oh, you might like me. <laughs> And I'm like, so, okay, so... Um, Mate, my, that's a lot to live up to at 16. 16, so 17, we sort of said, you know, this is pretty serious. And for mm. me, it was, she was the one and, mm. you know... Um, and then uh, being the strict Italian uh, mm. upbringing, it was causing a lot of friction in the household. No doubt. And yeah. uh, I love my mother-in-law, Giaconda. Um, you're mm. a beautiful lady. Um, mm. She chased me down the street with a broom. <laughs> because you know I'd want to you know take her go you know yeah. dates or whatever yeah, and, yeah. and um, so when it came time to go to university so I was one of these kids that, um, born in June and so I could go to school I was a year younger than everyone yeah. else so uh-huh. at the end of high school I was 16 at university I was 17 oh wow and so I'm in uh, Adelaide at 17 and want my girlfriend fiance to visit mm, me mm. and they're like no no way can she visit no and so after a couple of uh, strong conversations and the, <laughs> and the mum chasing me, I said, what is it going to take to make you guys happy? Like, what's it going to do? Yeah. And I said, like, when she visits, my parents are there as chaperones. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, um, everything's above board. And like, until she's married, no leaving the house. 
Wow. No dates, nothing. Marriage Gee, or please. zero. No, no in between. And so I'm like, well, I'm off to university. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to be renting when I'm over there. I haven't got a house. I haven't got a job. I've got, you know, mm. nothing at all. And, studying. Like, and my focus is studying. And they said, no, nope, don't care. Like, it's, it's marriage wow. or nothing. So I literally said, done, married. So mid-year break. Yeah. Turned 18 because you have to be 18 in Australia to get yeah. married. Yeah. Um, and sent the paperwork away. You've got to take a month for the government to give you the all okay. Yeah. And so literally June, birthday, and July got married. Wow. And this is, you know, pre, like we're talking about, this is 1998. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so rang up relatives who are in Melbourne and whatever. So look, I will post you the invite. But, um, you know, two weeks' time, we're getting married. Wow. And uh, so, got married, moved to uh, Adelaide, and, uh, mm. and so that was, what, 24 years ago, yeah. and happy married the entire yeah, for, time. So, wow. uh, for the listeners out there, it's not the easiest way to, to you know, to start a relationship. You were persistent, though. Uh, oh, look, for me, it was... And respectful, mate, is what I... From, yeah, and like, you respected the wishes of the family. Yeah, and and for me, like mm. that, that's the rules. That's the rules. That's what yeah. we got to, you know, yeah. um, put up with. So uh, yeah, it wasn't going to yeah. make a difference to me when we were going to end up together. Yeah, and if that's what made the family happy, um, it wasn't the way I would have planned it. Like you know, no. I would have loved to come back to Mildura, got a job, mm-hmm. got a house, and then had the marriage. Yeah, because um, like the wedding itself, like we were sort of Italian household again. Mm. We literally said to the family. Uh, uncles and aunties yeah. no first cousins no second cousins no <laughs> you know just because you know because the Italian wedding sometimes they get Crazy. a little bit bigger yeah. and you, you invite one of you know the guy who used to work for me you know and you invite yeah. their family and whatever <laughs> yeah. so it was none of that and uh, you know we did upset a few of the um, family members because we couldn't invite them we just you know well on a student wage yeah. well not wage even nah, so living as a student so yeah, it was it was a bit of a tough wow. time but uh, it was how much I loved her and uh, awesome. whatever it took. Mate, that is a beautiful story. <laughs> that really is, honestly. That's, um, that's yeah, that's... It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to hear that. Yeah, um, so there's a few stories I should have probably sort of signs that, you know, where, like, the very first time I went to her house, mm. but I said to her, I'll, I'll yeah, not knowing the Italian community as well, yeah. I said, look, I'll come to your house and I'll cook you dinner and I'll cook your mum dinner. Yeah. And, like, it's an Italian house. You're not going anywhere near the nah. kitchen. My mum's <laughs> not going to let you go anywhere mom near. Mum will cut your fingers And off. I'm like, fine, okay, I'll, you know, can I come and visit so then yeah. they know who I am? So you, when you're spending time with me, you, they know who I am. Yeah. And so I get to the house and, uh, they don't speak much English. Uh-huh. And so I'm sitting on the, the kitchen table with my uh, father-in-law-to-be, mm. and he goes, two shotgun, bedroom. And I'm like, whoa, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> so I'm yelling out to my wife. I said, darling, can you just come out here? Like, you know, what's going on? What's, what's your father trying to tell me? And the story was that day he got his license renewed, his gun license renewed. Oh. And so he was proud that he got his gun license, and he was trying to and he's explain got two that. Two shotguns. Two shotguns. In the bedroom. I'm sort of... Ex- thinking the worst of it like if I don't behave if you go in the bedroom I've got two shotguns <laughs> go in the wrong bedroom you know this is what's going to happen so I should have saw some of the signs but uh, yeah naive love and I uh, just uh, yeah. grinned and bared it and, and got through it oh that's that's awesome mate that is a, that is a great story I'm, um, you know you talk about gratitude gratitude road I mean that's exactly and it, it's, it's one of those things where um, like you know, people will say, you know, what what did you do different, or how did you make it work? And it's mm. it's like you need to treat your relationship like work, mm. um, and not the, sort of the the millennial sort of style work where people just sort of clock and clock off. Yeah, this is the old ethics work, the hard, you know, work. The hard work where yeah. you want to do whatever it takes. Yeah, and you need to treat your relationship with as much gusto and as much mm. you know. Um, 
passion as you mm. would, you know, a job that you love. So, you know, it's not easy. And, no. you know, your, your partner needs attention and needs, you know, um, that gratitude and all those kind yeah. of things. You need yeah. to continue to tell them. Mm. And you can never take it for granted. Yeah, agree. Ever. So the moment that you just cruise along, it, you're going to go through rough times. So yeah. um, treat that woman as you know the goddess and the beautiful creature mm. that she is like and gold not a gold mine right exactly yeah. right so yeah, yeah. So give her that uh <laughs> gratitude because yeah, it's so important that's awesome mate. i'm going to listen to this again tonight and then remind myself <laughs> of that um my wife and i've been together for this year will be 30 years wow um not married for but um yeah so 30 years at november the 12th how's that huh? crudos there that uh, big tick there that. um mate just well, that, look, that is a big story to come off, and I'm still riding that wave of emotion. <laughs> I think that that is so cool. Um, to come back, we'll bring you back, probably Carjos times, the son of a migrant, a couple of uh, some migrant people. Did you have any issues at school? Did you? Oh, uh, look, and I'm it, thinking of, you know... The- Carjos, Carjos, back in those days, mm. we'd have uh, roughly 60, 70 kids... And then picking season, it would yeah. nearly double. Yeah. And we'd have like 100 kids. So families would move to town. They'd come to town for a couple yeah. of months, and so all their kids would go to school. Yeah. And so for a couple of months, you'd have all these other immigrant families mm-hmm. um, and different degrees of, you know, how much they could speak English yeah. and, and what forth. Uh, and, you know, there was a, occasional, you know, issues with, you know, race and that kind of stuff. Mm. When I went to high school out at Redcliffe, so I did my whole six years at Redcliffe oh, yeah. High. Yep. And, you know, I was one of three WOG kids, mm. right? And being a WOG, I can say WOG. Um, you can. No one's going to get insulted out there. So no. one of three, so I was a, a Greek and another Turkish boy, and that was yeah. that was it in our yeah. year level. Everyone else was an Aussie. That's pretty low numbers for... Yeah, so again, this is like 90s, like, you know, late okay. 80s and 90s. And yep. so... Um, and I can remember year eight or year nine, the one of these uh, other white kids were like, oh, you know, the Aussies are doing this and that, you know, we're going to start a fight and you're going you're gonna to be... And I'm like, mate, what are you... Who's fighting who? What are you talking about? <laughs> and um, so he tried to create something in that. And we're yeah. like, what are you talking about? Just calm it down. Just chill. And yeah. um, even like being the... the um, the Turk when we were, when I was at university, mm. um, I ended up being friends with uh, two Greek boys and a Persian gentleman. Yeah. Right, so it was the four of us. Uh-huh. And early on in the in the friendship, we were walking down Rundle Mall, and the one of the the Greek guys uh, goes to me, "Oh, what nationality boy are you, by the way?" Mm. And I'm a Turk, and he stops in the middle of the mall, just stops there, and everyone <laughs> sort of does a few steps and goes, "What's going on?" And he's like. I don't know if we can be friends like the Greeks and the Turks. I know we can be friends. Uh, yeah. And the other Greeks like, mate, you've been friends with him for months now, yeah. and he's we're a good guy. We're not Yeah, we're, we're good. he's a good guy. Just, and he goes, oh, okay then. And I, and I kept on walking. So it's yeah. interesting, like the way that um, you, you perceive things. And like, yeah. you know, so I was brought up, and Dad was really, uh, you know, take people for who they are, and you mm. can learn something from every single person. So, mm-hmm. irregardless of their background, regardless of, you know, their social status or any of that kind of stuff, yeah. everyone's your friend and everyone you can mm. learn something from. Mm. And even, like, from the religious point of view, you guys, look, look at, study every religion. Yep. You know, the Buddhists have got some really good qualities, you know, mm. the, the Catholics, and, and you can learn from all of it. Yep. And uh, so I was lucky enough to, you know, when we talk about, you know, gratitude, mm. um, the way my upbringing is sort of you know one of the things that I'm most grateful for. So, yeah. uh, growing up, 
Not really. I was pretty lucky in the mm. regard that, you know, wog boy, whatever. Um, yeah. I've always been a, uh, a, an overweight child, just mm. sort of, you know, the, you know the, fa- the family upbringing, you know, eat more. And, <laughs> and um, yeah. I could some of the stories about my mother-in-law, like, you know, I love her. I would go out for dinner yeah, and then come back to visit my in-laws. And they're like, do you want to eat something? I'm like, mum, we just literally went to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to feed me again? You must want to eat something. <laughs> and and uh, I'll quickly tell a story where we went to uh, visit Steph's family in Italy. So mm. they're Calabrians, so down yeah. south. Uh-huh. And um, true, like salt of the earth people, just the most mm. beautiful people. And, you know, so we get there for dinner on the first night and there's a massive bowl of pasta. Like I'm talking about a heaped bowl of pasta. Yeah. And so I get through this massive bowl and... Uh, they ask the question, oh, did you like it? And sort of a loaded question, like, I can't say no. So, yeah, yeah I loved it. It was really nice. So another bowl comes out. Oh. So massive bowl of uh, pasta. So I smash through the second one. Yeah. And I can see her in the kitchen. I'm like, auntie, what are you doing? She's like, I'm cooking you steak. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want steak. And she's like, oh, you don't like steak? I'll cook you some parmy. <laughs> right? So the steak there, so the steak goes, comes out to the table. And then the parmy oh. comes out afterwards. And I'm like can't not eat it yeah and so literally i didn't know it was humanly possible but i put on four kilos in three days time because literally <laughs> yeah, every yeah. meal followed suit and Whoa. they'd ask me questions and it took me two days and i'm a pretty slow learner yeah. they go oh do you like cheese and i'm like yeah i love cheese yeah. so all these different you know gorgonzolas <laughs> yeah. different cheeses would come out nice. and so i loved it and yeah. they were just so happy to feed me and that like, for yeah. them that's like you know you, you're you know soulmates from there and so <laughs> Yeah, so that wog upbringing, yeah. food's important, and, sure. and you got to make your grandparents happy, and so you eat a little bit more than you probably should. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I've always been an overweight child, and so, you, you know, if I got picked on at all, it was more, you know, mm. the fat boy versus, you know, yeah. the wog boy. Um, okay. So, and, you know, I was just lucky that I didn't really care what people thought about me. Yeah. You know, I was brought up with enough self-confidence that I am yeah. who I am. yeah. Whatever I look like, I can't help that. So no, that's um, right, exactly. It is so. Yeah, so I, I never, I don't even like really have this self perception of what I really look like in my head versus mm. what people see me as. Yeah, and so uh, it's it is what it is. So yeah, fat boy, wog boy, couldn't Who care cares? less. Just yeah. uh, well, I was just a kid that wanted to enjoy life and and uh, was friends with anybody that would have me. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah. Nah, that was awesome, mate. That's awesome. That's um. Yeah, I'm actually getting hungry thinking about all that food there. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, mate, I'm really a, a fortunate bloke that I've travelled through lots of places in the world, but Turkey being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, only, n- not enough to be honest, more into Istanbul and then across we did the typical Aussie, went to Gallipoli. Yes, you know. and the coast, was, how far down the coast did you go? Uh, not far not around, far? beyond. No. I think we, we did a private tour. We paid a lady and a driver, and there's my wife and mum and dad and two of their mates. So six Aussie dickheads in a <laughs> in a van, wanting to stop and buy beer and stuff and whatever. But it was pretty cool. But to be in um, the Gallipoli National Park with mm-hmm. no other tourists, there was no one there. It was October, I think. Oh, yep. So there was no one there. So we just had the place to ourselves and did what you're not supposed to do and went down the cliff and on the beach oh, right there. Yep. Like, yeah, um, Dave Newey, who's a, a family friend, I think he found a couple of old shells. Wow. He was thinking they were from the war. I'm thinking they were from last year's Anzac, where oh, they shoot yes. the thing. Probably. Anyway, we'll let him believe that they were historical. Yep. Well, well, Turkey, should... Turkey respects um, the whole Anzac tradition. Yeah. And a lot of that Greatly. is... It is very cordon off and there's not like public access and that yeah. kind of stuff so it is pretty much as it was you know yep. and this was 1998 so yep. a lot's changed now they're getting hundreds of thousands of people at the thing and mm. that, that was one thing that um, our tour guide really imparted that 
the respect between the Turkish people and the and the Aussies was enormous. Mm. Even though they were adversaries, yep, they respected the fact that you know you have breaks and people were sharing cigarettes I and know. They were, and yeah. there was there was one story which blew my mind. They were sharing ammunition one stage, and I'm like, <laughs> "Are you a war or what is going on?" And I, don't get me wrong, Turkey was sort of shouldn't have been in that war. And we're not going to get into history too no, much, no. but you know, it was England wanted to have access to Russia, and we said no, no one gets access, yep. and we were literally just defending our land, so yeah, we weren't part of we weren't part of either side. You were just in the middle, weren't you? And, so. and they wanted access through um, mm. the Black Sea there, and then yep. we said, "Okay, we're just." Got to stay out of this war, yeah, and then got invaded, and yeah, the rest yeah. is history. Yeah, um, but yeah, you went to Turkey and you loved Turkey, it. Loved it, loved it. Um, I t- something that happened. I, I don't know if it's like a million years bad luck or what, but in the Grand Bazaar, I'm walking yeah. along, looking at everything, mm. just being amazed. And you know the little um, tables with the tea. Yes, tripped over one of them and <laughs> smashed it everywhere. Oh. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Someone's going to, something bad is going to happen here. A big sword's going to come yeah. out and decapitate it. I had actually just bought my grandfather a replica, an old sword and whatever. To, yep. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, my wife reckoned I had like a million years bad luck for that. I don't know. Or did, maybe good luck. Did anyone get upset? Did anyone get angry no, about not it? not really. Nah. Just, I stopped and went, sorry, mate. And yep. you know, the, whatever. And probably, I don't know, bought something from their shop. Yeah. No, it's a pretty chill um, place. And uh, I'm sort of... the. Well, one of the things that I'm sad about, I've only been as a tourist myself. Yeah. So there's an old uh, Chevy Chase movie, National Lampoon's yeah. um, European Vacation. Yep. And in the movie, they go to visit the aunties uh-huh. and they stay and, you know, and they have this beautiful time. And when they're leaving, it's the wrong house number. Yeah. So instead of nine, yeah. it's 19. They're in Germany or something. Yeah. Right? So instead yeah. of nine, it's 19 or whatever <laughs> it was. And I feel like I'd be one of those people that will just rock up to someone's house. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, your nephew, your from, nephew. from Australia. Yeah. And they'll ro- welcome me in and like, okay, we've got to the wrong house because yeah. it's sort of detached, sort of one generation. So, yeah, my dad's yeah. Um, and my granddad's sort of lineage is all there. Like, mm, you know, they've got mm. uncles, aunties, and, and they have had, now had children. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, there could be two people standing next to each other, and I wouldn't know which one's my cousin. Yeah, sure. And so, uh, if I mum's the only one that's alive still, like mm. her dad, grandparents are all gone, sadly. Mm. Um, so I'd love to get a chance to go with mum and get to meet, um, you know, some of her aunties and stuff. That would be great. Um, so I got the chance with my wife. Family, and mm-hmm. we did that like so. My that was really, really beautiful, yeah, and you know, for it, sure. and just like little things. Like I can remember going with my wife to the mum's church where she was going to as a child, mm. and and going to the school, and you know, the, the steps where she'd you know go play and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's just some beautiful memories. And so yeah. I'd love to do that with my mum, and hopefully in the next few years uh, we'll get a chance to yeah. do that. Oh, mate, but, do it. Yeah, so as a tourist, yeah, beautiful place, yeah, and awesome. sometimes you've got to pretend that I'm not a Turk and I understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have we got a time limit on this? No, I, we'll talk until we're finished so talking. So my, my Istanbul story, so we, we're walking around, and as you are, you get a kebab. You're in Turkey, you know, what, sure. what else are you going to do? Yeah. So I get this kebab, and I'm eating, and I'm sad to the gentleman that made it, like, really nice, beautiful, thanks very much. Yeah. And I finish it, and I'm looking around for a bin, mm. and I go, mate, in Turkish, I was talking to yeah. him, and I said, where's the bin? And he goes, chuck it on the ground. I said, look, I'm not throwing it on the ground. Just tell me where the bin is. Yeah. He goes, throw it on the ground. I said, look, I'm on holidays. I don't mind if I go for a walk if it's around the corner, yeah. wherever it is. And he goes, give it to me. And I said, look, if you throw it on the ground, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> so he goes, just give it to me. So anyway, long story short, gets the rubbish, chucks on the ground. Oh. And I'm like, what's going on? So I'm a bit upset, walked off, and I'm looking around. So this is around 6, 7 o'clock dinner time, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there's piles of rubbish just piling up everywhere. And I'm like, what is wrong with this country? Well, this is a bit weird. Yeah. And um, so the rest of the night, I've sort of just got this odd feeling about, like, what's yeah. going on? 
And um, next day, I go back to the hotel. Next day, I wake up, and the streets are spotless. Mm. And I'm like, what happened? What's going on? So that night, we just happened to stay out a little bit longer. So we went out for tea. We were out late. Mm. And so around 11 o'clock, each street. So uh, Istanbul has got a population of 29 million, 30 million odd people. Like massive. whole population of Australia in the one city. Mm. And I'm sort of looking around and they've got teams of people going down every street. So one guy would pile up all the rubbish Mm. into a big pile. One guy put in a plastic bag. Yep. A guy, a, a ute, will rock up, collect all these bags, yeah. and then a team will come with like literally a hose and broom and wash down the streets. Yeah, right. And because one of the things about Turkey is there is no sort of dole. You either work for the government, yeah, or you don't have any money. Mm. So mm. You, like obviously there's private businesses yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So you either work for private or you work for the government. And so the yep. government's got literally teams of you know cleaners, obviously, but yeah. yeah. You know, um, teachers of government but like they'll have government paid ballerinas wow. government paid artists and yeah, they literally just their job is paid by the government yeah um and and that's it and so mm. it was such a beautiful sort of thing that you know everyone sort of got together and yeah. it didn't make it and you know it was sort of sort of you know compared to australia with our sort of welfare system mm. there was no welfare it's you worked for your money yep. and so everyone just got the job done and you know whatever yeah. it was so is it, it opened your eyes a bit you know the way that things can be done and then the different ways of doing things so yeah. uh it was different it was we did meet a guy that young fellow i don't know he might have been 16 18 20 i don't know somewhere mm-hmm. uh we're in the grand bazaar we walked out and this young boy come up and he goes and so this is my dad and myself and whatever wandering along and he goes you want some socks and i go oh i've got no money mate he goes Nah, I'll take you to the bank. <laughs> We're like, nah, mate, nah. This dude followed us for one hour. Yep. Just kept on going. Not, not. He wasn't in our face. He wasn't rude. He wasn't nasty. He, by the end, we were bloody just having a laugh with him, really. And yep. he followed us for a good one hour till we found a bank. We took <laughs> money out. We bought some socks, <laughs> fake Nike socks, and we were so socks like when my dad listens to this, and he'll remember socks. Like this dude was just. It, yeah, he could have just walked away and gone, these, these tickets aren't going to buy anything. But he, I don't know, um, that, that to me, I just, back then I was a poor backpacker traveller with no money. Yep. Nowadays, you'd throw the bike a hundred bucks and go, man, that is awesome. You deserve yeah. something great So the, the work ethic that Europeans brought to Australia, I think it sort of made Australia who we are. And yeah. Like, you know, so it's uh, hats off to them. It's, 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 a, it's a hard life. Um, yeah. And it sort of reminds me, like there was a... Uh, an interview they did with an African model and mm. she come from um, Pinterest was Zimbabwe and mm. you know come from a poor family comes mm. to Australia and on mega rich you know um, money and they said oh what's the biggest difference you know from you know how you were brought up to Australia mm. and she was saying that the um, the the amount of depression and anxiety in western countries in Australia especially mm. she goes where I come from we don't have time to worry about you know, yeah. depression, anxiety, because we're just so um, stuck in the mode of surviving and living. Yeah. And she goes, the things that I've seen, like, you know, the, the, the traumatic experience about, you know, mm. people, you know, getting killed and, you know, yeah. really, really horrific things. Yeah. And she goes, we didn't have depression. Like, no one is depressed. Like, you just... Like, like I said, no time. No time. You're still living in the moment and just so grateful for what you've got right now. Yeah. Um, that, and she goes, for her, that was the biggest shock. And, you know, mm. she, and, and it took her a while to sort of understand, you know, you know why, why people we... would be sad yes because we've got uh, this great country it's a pretty good point like you know 
I think the whole and once again now I'll preface this by saying I'm not a psychologist a doctor no, or a, no. no medical training just not giving you advice here this no. is for our experience exactly yes. that ha- the and it, you could even say the last maybe five years that it seems like the level of depression anxiety mental health has gone through the roof people will say oh that's because we talk about it now which I subscribe yeah that's true mm. but I think your point there of this young lady saying well I don't know. I just got had no time to, mm. to. I don't know. Look, it's a really tricky. Yeah, for sure. And you know, space. It, but and look, no one's going to say depression is not real. Definitely, it's no, a real thing. For sure. um, and you should be seeking help when you start. Yeah. Well, I started feeling. We're lucky we can now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's. Uh, but I think, you know, we talk about gratitude. I think if you can try to be there for your fellow man and try to be mm. there. Um, I've got a walk and I'm going to do an open invite Saturday mm. morning at 7 a.m. We mm. start at um, the old Bobby and me and yep. and uh, we go for an eight-kilometre walk. So we walk four k's to uh, Apex Park and four k's yep. back. Perfect. And uh, you're probably looking and thinking, why do you do an 8K walk? Uh, 8K significance is that in Australia, sadly, there's eight mm. suicides per day. Mm. So... It, it's uh, just a, a number that sort of reminds you like, life can yep. be tough yep. and with friends it makes it easier so anyone who's sort of having trouble and uh, wants to go for a walk 7am seven, mm. started Bobby and me and we walked yep. the 4Ks obviously with the river flooding at the moment yeah, yep. um, it, the walk you can of, get through we went the other day oh fantastic yeah, so last Saturday we couldn't so we'll wait to see what happens this we Saturday we got as far as uh, well not right the way through so well you can you go up the top there yep but, um, you can get to just before the lock eleven bit. Yep. Uh, then you got to go up the track, but yeah, uh, so, it's pretty stinky and whatever. But <laughs> do you know there's a bit out there where you're walking along that river track and it feels like you're in the bush because the 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 um, asphalt or the road is covered with mud and then there's tire tracks, so it looks like you're in the bush. Wow, it's cool. Get there before it all washes away. Yeah, so people I'll do listening my best out there, to get up, mate. So people listening out there, find your mates, whatever it takes, wherever you yeah. are. Get along, talk to them, be there for each other. Agree. And uh, men, as a general rule, don't open up and don't talk. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you will sort of get through conversations, and it's like, mate, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not here. Like, you know, is mm. everything okay? Mm. And it takes them a little while to sort of open up. Yep. And so, uh, don't just accept your friend saying you're okay because mm. you know, um, dig a little bit deeper, spend a little bit of time. Yeah. And uh, and if they need a bit of further help, you know, obviously refer them on to who they need to speak to. And as we said, there's lots of people, there's lots of help now. But you just need to reach out. So, yep. um, yeah, so support your fellow man and, mm. um, yeah, let's just be there nah, for each other. I agree, mate. And, th- you know, that that sort of notion is a whole massive part of the reason why I'm doing this chat, just to talk to people. Mm. Um, it, yeah, look, you just don't know that when somebody needs something. Yeah. Um, and but there is a flip side to that. So Jim Carrey's got a famous quote saying, you might be depressed, but just check if your friends are assholes or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. And then, yeah, and then he goes, make sure that you're eating and sleeping properly. And, um, yeah. and then once you figure all that out and you're still down, yeah. then seek help. But, then you know, check it out. you need to look after yourself. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I tell people, obviously I'm a pharmacist background, mm. so I'm not sure how much you introduced at the start, mm. but as a pharmacist, the best advice I can give to people is listen to your body. Mm. Your body will tell you when it's not happy, yeah. regardless of what it is. So, mm. you know, from an eczema to heart disease, these to you know um being overweight like you know mm. if your joints hurt you know i'd be looking at your weight like you know it's hard mm. to you know to accept that and look at yourself and say oh, sh-, you know yeah it's me but you know your body tells you what's what it needs and what it wants so you saw me limping up when you walked out my, <laughs> i woke up at 2 a.m and felt like someone had hit me in the knee with a hammer so I exactly right so yeah. listen to your body why is it oh, doing mate, that what yeah. happened so you know it's uh it's uh 
I ate too many bowls of pasta. Nah, it's <laughs> not some, really. Sometimes it's worth it, but uh, it, yeah. listen to your body and uh, and then seek advice from there. Yeah, it's great advice, mate. Um, so as kids, we dream of what we want to be when we grow up. What did Eric want to be when he was a kid? Little kid, um, you know, you had that, like when I was sort of thinking like five, six-year-olds, you know, mm. I sort of thought, you know, vet, I like to help people, help mm. animals. So I think most kids have that sort of vet sort of... Um, yep. But it would never sort of... Didn't get through primary school. That was just sort of, you know, when I was five or six years old. Mm. And uh, Colin Storer was my uh, science teacher at high school. Mm. And he goes to me, and I can remember this very clearly, he goes, Eric, when you're old and ugly, what do you want to be? I'm like, beg your pardon, sir? <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> For a job, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm like 12 years old, sir. Like, you know, I, don't, yeah. I haven't really thought about it. And he goes, oh, what are you good at? And I'm like, chemistry? And he goes, become a chemist. And I'm like, oh, okay, sir. So I had no idea at that stage, you know, a yeah. 12-year-old kid, that yeah. I didn't think about these things. So I started, you know, inquiring about it and started looking mm. at it. And um, I did my work experience with Len Poole uh, yep. back in the day at yes. um, on, Deacon, on Deacon Avenue there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just fell in love with it and just sort of I love the duality of pharmacy in the regards that if I wanted business orientated like it's Mm. a full retail business Mm, mm. and if I want to be medical I can do all the pharmacy background stuff so it really sort of appealed to me so Mm. growing up my mum and dad uh, always sort of had their side hustles and they had their Mm. own business so even besides the dried fruit Mm. um would sell delicatessen lines um, back in car dressing, like, you know, yeah. out of a van. Like, we had a little bongo van. That right. would, you know, so the dad would buy um, olives and cheeses and, yeah. um, okay. and and sell that. So we always sort of had the side hustle, and mm. dad would do deliveries. You know, we used to, mum and dad used to do sewing and that kind of stuff. Yep. So yep. there was always a side hustle in, a, in our house. Well, they were busy and hard workers. Yes, yeah, so I, I yeah. can remember one, the, the sort of toughest time. Like, I, I, I would work an average 60-hour week, and... Mm. I'm lazy compared to my parents. Mm. Like um, the amount of work these guys did. So there was one stage where we had the uh, dry fruit property. We had a delicatessen and selling uh, kebabs on Eighth Street, yep. and it had a Turkish restaurant. So Dad would wake okay. up like six a.m. and finish at eleven p.m. and do that wow. seven days a week. Just back. Is that the up. one down the far end of Eighth there? Yeah. As in over lemon or whatever it is. Uh, so just or over orange will be the next one down. So um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Down there. Okay. So, wow. so they sell Turkish, Turkish bread and they had mm. the, the kebabs. And yes, yeah, so yep. mum and dad ran that for many years. Okay. And so had the restaurant at the same time. And uh, right. so there was one side we were supplying Turkish bread for just about every restaurant in Mildura. Like, yeah, you know, awesome. it, was, it was really good. So, you know, they would do their runs and deliver it to, you know, from Rendezvous to the Grand Hotel yeah. to, um, you know, and uh, it was, yeah. So always a side hustle. And uh, mm. so, yeah, so I love the business side of pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And so, as much as uh, you know, medicine itself, like you know, being coming a doctor, it's got its own prestige, and mm, you know, mm. all the respect to that. I didn't want to be just a pure doctor, so yep. the pharmacy for me uh, really appealed to me. Mm. I'm not into um, the zodiac much, but I am a Gemini. Right. They call you Two Face, so you're uh-huh. a split personality. Yes, so yeah. the, the real, you know, duality of pharmacy really appealed to me. So had this goal set to me um, from an early age, say, mm. I want to become a chemist, and obviously that's a pharmacist, you know, yes. in, in this terminology. Yep, yep. And so for me, I just had this goal, and every mm. single waking moment was working towards that goal. So, wow. you know, 
going through high school, you want to be the cool kids and go to the parties mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe try some alcohol or, mm. you know, other, um, you know, things. party things. Yeah, yeah. And I was sort of like, nah, I need to get into this, to get good mark and study. Yeah. And um, I just had that one goal. And so, long story short, got into pharmacy and, uh, yep. uh, it was sort of set me up. Yeah, so off that late. So, uh, wow. And I'll, in the I'll, meantime, was, uh, the, the pure romantic. The pure romantic. Her. So yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll share a little bit of a, a story to the listeners out there. Like, mm. if you've got a goal, you just got to work towards it. Whatever yeah. it happens, whatever hurdles you have uh, in your place. So when I got my ATAR mark, my Year Twelve mm. entrance mark, I didn't get the score I needed to get into pharmacy. Ah. So I was devastated, and I can remember like just being down in the dumps for one full day. My wife, my girlfriend at the time, was mm. like. Mm you got to get out of this. Like, you know, this is, you know, but I was like, I work so hard. This is yeah. all I want to do. I can't think of anything else. And uh, University of South Australia was offering a biocidical medicinal biotechnology course. Mm-hmm. So biotechnology in the 90s was a new fandangled sort of thing and like, what's right. going on. And so I got into that. Yeah. And uh, again, worked my butt off. So, you know, mm. other friends at universities are doing university yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, study, study, study. And uh, got into the Dean's Merit List, transferred over into pharmacy awesome. from there and got into pharmacy that way. So that so initially it was like, nah, can't do pharmacy. And yeah. I'm like, nah, still need to try. And yeah. so if you want to, once you get into a university, you can transfer around. So yep. for the listeners out there, if they've got you know, themselves or their, you know, their family who want to get into a particular course, mm. don't get into it at the start. Get into university and mm. then transfer once you're in there. Figure it out. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can get to where you want to. Yeah. Just a little bit of hard work. So, mm. you know, I don't consider myself a smart person. I don't consider myself overly intellectual. Mm. And it was just pure, sheer hard work, hard work and perseverance. And so, yes, yeah, so I didn't get in the pharmacy straight away, mm. but got there eventually. Found a way. And, and this yeah. has been 20 odd years later. And yeah. Wow. So that was the hard work, the uni. Got the degree, chemistry degree, I'm assuming. Or yes, that's a pharmacy degree. Pharmacy, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, so what after that? So and in between time, as we said, got yeah. married, finished uni, yes. and then what? So um, my wife was, uh, she's a very supportive wife, and mm. I had the job offer in the Barossa Valley. And oh. uh, and it was a really good offer, and uh, it was roughly, I can this is a few years ago now, mm. $40,000 difference between here and there. Wow. And my wife's like, you can... We could live in Barossa and, and we, you, you could work there, but mm. I'm going to be flying back to Mildura most weekends and, yeah. you know, all the extra money that you think you're going to be earning, I'm going to be spending in travel time <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. And so she didn't say, no, I couldn't take the job, but yeah. she pretty much said, you know. She gave you but, an, one option. Yes. So the heart and soul <laughs> was back in Mildura. So yeah. um, after sort of listening to what she was saying, we yeah. uh, moved back to Mildura. And mm. uh, the Albert family, so Bill Albert uh, was my business partner, mm-hmm. who was my boss at the time. Mm. Um, and the Alberts have had a Albert pharmacist in Mildura for nearly 100 years. Mm-hmm. So they're third generation yep. um, pharmacists in Mildura. So was Billy's dad? Billy's dad, Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, yeah. so um, Hugo and Nance. Um, mm. So Nance, Nance has got a tremendous record. She, out of her... Um, 50, 60 year uh, working career mm. missed like seven Saturdays. Wow. That's it for the whole time. And she had like four kids and, yeah. and, and like, you know, how does that work? And so she had a massive work ethic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so the Alberts welcomed me into their family. So I was a mm. pharmacist in there. So one year went from um, being a pharmacist, became the manager. Yep. And the second year they rewarded me with a partnership. Mm-hmm. And so, again, sheer hard work. I was working like Bill had um, the, like, the, 
pharmacy in the mall. He had mm. the one where Chemist Warehouse is now, top mm. of Langtree. And then he had Ramsey's pharmacy underneath the TNG clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then Central Pharmacy or Central Amcal yeah. in the centre. So I was literally working seven days a week. Like, whatever shit you chuck at me, bud, well, yeah, give it to me. So, so I was working yeah. like Monday to Friday mm. um, at one pharmacy, then do Friday nights out of Central, but I do late night trade of Friday. Yeah. Saturday, another pharmacy, and then Sunday at another one then. Wow. And uh, I just wanted to learn, just experience it, mm. just wanted to mm. get so much of it. And uh, it was, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it. Just uh, people out there, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, just work as hard as you possibly can. It's hard work, again. Um, it, it is hard work, but it's just what you want to learn or you want to get mm. used to. So, you know, at the time when I was uh, coming back from LA, Bill said, oh, which farms do you want to work at? Mm. And I said, mate, give me the busiest, biggest one. Like, yeah. you know, bring it on. Yeah. And, you know, um, and... Uh, it was yeah. I just love the challenge and I love mm. the hard work. Um, you know, compared to my parents, yeah. I, as I said before, I, I feel lazy. Um, yeah. Like, Mum, even now, like you know, she's still working. She's still working. Yeah. She's uh, she's a young lady, and we won't talk about no, the, the, age, about the, the age discrepancies. <laughs> but um, she will still work. Uh, you know, a full six seven day weeks. Yeah. Um, yep. So you know, she's got a phenomenal story. Like her story. Mm. Uh, is and I'll talk to you off air if you want to yeah, get, if you want to ask sure. questions about it I'll go yeah. through that but yeah. she uh, yeah like she stopped uh, school at year seven right didn't finish year seven so mm-hmm. um, and she taught herself uh, uh, you know how to read and how to you know mm-hmm. so it's uh, yeah so I learn a lot from them yeah. and, that, and that hard work nah, ethic that's awesome mate um, yeah I was I was just thinking oh, probably yesterday or today I'm not sure. Um, no, I was thinking about it yesterday when I was sort of writing out my questions in our chat. So I remember Jasmine, who's my daughter, who's 15, turning 16 this year. I went in on a whatever night of the week it was when the, it wasn't Canvas Warehouse. It yes, Amcal. Yep. It was pretty sparse from yes. my recollection. Yes. You were there. It was maybe eight at night. And I went and said, mate, I've got to get this script. She had the snotty nose as little kids do, but she was like, I don't know, a couple of months. Yes. And you said, mate, if you want to be a good dad, you use this non-chemical based product, yes. Fez. Yes. And don't use that other stuff. Be, and I remember these words. <laughs> if you want to be a good dad, you do that. And I went, and I remember that, like, that just rings in my ears. And I thought, this guy actually cares about stuff. He cares about my kid. He cares about, so that, you know, and that's 15 something years ago. That's what I tell about, like, I've, like, over the years, I've had, like, because the way a pharmacy works in Australia mm. is you do your four years of university, yep. and then you do one year internship uh. underneath a qualified pharmacy, so they become your preceptor. Yep. And so I've been a preceptor for nearly 30 kids uh, wow. over the years. And they said to me, oh, how do you do it? Like, how do you, like, you know, communicate and how do you tell people the way that you explain the medication? Mm. And I said, it's pretty simple. I think everybody is my family. And mm. I imagine if I was going to talk to my auntie who, you know, English isn't, isn't the best and, mm. you know, hasn't studied, I'm not going to use any clinical words there. Mm. And, you know, if I'm going to talk about Lipitor, for example, say um, cholesterol-lowering drug, mm. instead of going down there and going, this is a co-reductase inhibitor, yeah. I'm not going to go into that. You yeah. know, so I just try to imagine I'm talking to a loved one and should I use the simplest words mm. and say to myself, okay, what do they need to know? They're going to go home with this medication. Yeah. How can they get the most of it and what they need to look out for? And mm. just make mm. it as simple as that and it just comes naturally then. Yeah. You, you, you're just talking. Like you're not trying to remember dot points or whatever. That's right. yep. And you're just making the conversation. And people respond to that um, 
sincerity and honesty. So I agree. You know, yeah. So I don't think I'm, as I said before, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room, and mm. I'm not an intellectual in the slightest. So um, it's just being honest, and that yeah. and that's honesty, hard work, and yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of hard work, so those of us in Mildura and people that have you know come through Mildura or been to the chemist warehouse know you they know that you're hardworking. you're always there and i've thought about it myself i'm thinking why is he always there he owns <laughs> a part of this business i'm sure the business is successful hmm. and he's there every time i go there he's there what, what, what when, do, when does he get a break so my question to you is what do you do to de-stress or do you get stressed and if you don't what do you do to relax um, one of the things I'm, I'm learning recently, so obviously we've all lived through COVID, we've mm. all lived with different amounts of stress, mm. and uh, I'm going to be honest here and say, you know, it, it did um, come close to breaking me. Like, you know, mm. it, it was tough times uh, for all of us, and mm. I'm still probably not quite my normal self, the way mm. that I consider myself, yep. you know, the happy-go-lucky sort of person. Mm. And uh, one of the things that I teach myself is uh, there's a difference between rest and recovery. Mm. So you've got a mobile phone, you can turn it off, mm. and you're resting that phone. Yeah. It's not recharging. Mm. You just mm. turned it off. Yeah. So you need to look, analyze yourself and look at yourself and say, okay, what am I doing where I'm resting? Yeah. And what am I doing to actually recharging? And, we, mm. and when I talk about recharging, you're recharging your soul and having that passion and having that drive. So you know, if you're burnt out, you're not good for anybody. No, so it's difficult to... Family, yeah. loved ones, work, whatever you want to say, mm. you know, good to yourself. So mm. you need things in your life where it's the recharge. So yeah. um, what do I do to recharge? I've got a, um, three lovely kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar to you in the uh, 15-year-old daughter. Yep. yep. Test you and, you know, she's... Uh, <laughs> she. Uh, <laughs> My daughter's a gem. She gives me no grief yet. Yes. Um, I'll yeah. say yes. Good luck, Michael. We'll hope that <laughs> progress continues. Ten-year-old yeah. uh, son. Yes. And my son looks at my uh, older daughter and says, oh, "What can I get away with and what can I do?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I've got a three-year-old who uh-huh. life is just you know new and fantastic and yeah. everything's exciting and um, cool. so I'll come home and he's the one that cheers dad. Dad's home. Dad's home. Yeah. Dad's home. So <laughs> any time that I spend with uh, Leo, yeah, is just instantly recharging and instantly awesome. um yeah gets me going so uh it's uh and then the little trips away like grampians mm. for me is my sort of you know if someone gave me two dream homes and mm. one was on the beach and one was in the mountains mm. i'd pick the grampians any day of the week yeah, i just okay. something about the you know the, the cliffs and the trees and there's the an clearing. energy there there's a beautiful yeah. energy there just a really yeah. so whenever I get too bad there's a little quick trip down to uh, the Grampians yeah. okay. and that, nice. that instantly recharges my soul and I'll come back on a high okay. from there but you know uh, there's a lot of like you know uh, things yeah. that I do where uh, I don't know if people out there do know so Chemist Warehouse is a monster of a business, mm. uh, like nationally, um, $6 billion turnover, yeah, wow. um, 500-odd stores. Yep. They've reached out to New Zealand, China, mm. Ireland. Really? Uh, so, yeah, massive online presence. Yep. And so we've got three Chemist Warehouse stores in Mildura. Mm-hmm. There's a My Chemist in the Mall, so four pharmacies that yep. I'm a partner in. Uh, I'm a partner of Snap Gym. Mm-hmm. So the gym, I'm a partner in that. Copenhagen yep. Ice Cream. Yes. Um, partner in that couple of uh, houses and rental properties mm. that we do uh, you know everyone dibbles dabbles in um, crypto and share market have and that you kind of gone stuff. down that road I have gone down that road has uh, it worked for you oh look obviously everyone in the past six months eight months what has been has been hit pretty hard uh, yeah. um, so yeah. I was sort of you know uh, bought it sort of a low and then it went 
um, high, so mm. I was really happy, and then obviously everyone's sort of suffering yeah, in the back. Back. and it's <laughs> coming back again. Is it? Okay. Um, so yeah, so just in the past few weeks, it's had a, a you know, nice little Not jump good. again. So yeah. uh, I think it's one of those things about the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, you know, trying to deny and it's not going to be you know real it is real like yeah i'm not going to talk about the you know the uh, the reality of what crypto well, people is are like. making lots of money out of it yes so and you know, losing lots though, and losing lots but yeah so it's one of those things where you know it's it's the future and and, and denying it's not going to make it less no. real and less no. you know it's going to be in our faces so um so yeah so i'm one to always have my mind open and try mm. new things and i don't ever think i've got all the answers mm. ever with anything yep. and I always want to learn and I'm always willing to learn and, and uh, it's one of the things where you're okay, what, what's the story? What, what is this crypto? What's the story? So, you know. So look. Yeah. Got, yeah, so yeah. Um, perfect segue. Um, I know for a fact you have an EV, an yes. electric vehicle for those yes. that aren't up with that. A Tesla and X. Tesla X. Um, what's the reason for going down that pathway? You sort of get to like I'm 42 years of age, and you sort of get to different stages of your life where what do you want? Why are you here? What mm. do you want to achieve? What do you want to leave behind? And so one of the reasons a few years ago, where I went from like multiple pharmacies, mm. you know, is that enough? What am I doing? And then went for the other businesses. Mm. It got to the stage where I said I wanted to leave a legacy behind, and mm. you know, people, what, what do I want to be remembered for? Mm. You know, do I want to be just that chemist guy, that pharmacist guy, or yeah. or what it was? And if I can sort of leave something for my children, grandchildren, mm. you know, make their life easier. So I'm not saying that electric vehicles are going to save the planet and it's going to, it's the answer mm. to climate um, change and those kind of things. But, you know, as soon as I could, solar panels on the roof, I try to walk wherever I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm always, you know, I'll be walking down the street and I'm that guy that will pick up rubbish from mm. you know, the street and I'll put it in the bin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, a bit of a, you know, uh, grumpy person in the house like is that getting recycled where's yeah. that going what can we reuse and why do uh, kids not want to turn light switches off what I, I don't understand there's a question we're going to talk about later <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to that so uh, yeah. and you know I'm you know I was sort of brought up from a very poor childhood mm. and you know if you can reuse things or mm. not throw things out use it a bit more like okay it's broken but you can still use it like, yeah, yeah. they don't have to be chucked away you can, and uh, yeah. so I'm sort of in the house why are we buying something new what's going on there and mm. so Tesla for me was this sort of merge perfect sort of merger between gadgety stuff which is really really cool yeah um, and some of the features in this car are just mind blowing just yeah. fun stuff and um, like my three year old we were in the car and it was like dad we're gonna go fast we're gonna go fast dad and uh, so obviously just to the speed limit but of course, you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, you it's, can get there quickly though. you can get there very mm, quickly so mm. I was driving through the spider's web uh, when I first got it yeah. and uh, speed limit but accelerating yeah. very fast uh-huh. and this car was behind me and uh, my kids go dad it's a cop I'm like, it's not a cop. It's like a Thursday night. It's like it's eight o'clock at night. It's not yeah. a cop. And uh, whatever it was, it was keeping up with me through the spiders web. Yeah. And I get to the base of uh, 14th Street. And I said, if it's a cop, it will follow me through 14th Street. Where if it's someone going to town, they'll keep going up Curitan. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I turn onto 14th Street, plant my foot, get up to the speed limit very quickly. Yeah. And in and in the the lights, copper. copper pulls me over. And the kids are laughing there. <laughs> laughing there. Dad, you lost your license. You lost your license. I said, Hoon Law State, one of two things. Yeah. 
either excessive car noise. Yeah, which is none. Which is electric car, there's yeah. no noise there. Or spinning the wheels. The, the electric car, like the Tesla especially, yeah. can't spin the wheels. None. It's so computer design. Yeah. That's been the worst. I said, this cop's got nothing on me. <laughs> so the two officers come over and the first one uh, didn't know me. He's like, oh, what are you doing? What, you, what have you got? And yeah. he's like, what are the features in it? And, uh, I, and I, I was trying to be a little bit cheeky and there's a uh, romantic mode yeah. where you press the button and the big dash um, screen becomes a fireplace. <laughs> All the seats heat up. Yeah. The, hot, the hot air runs and Barry Manilow or another love song comes on. <laughs> oh, what? So I put in a romance mode <laughs> and so the guy goes, that's not very good for long trips. I'm like, no, it's not good for long trips. And then his uh, sergeant comes over and goes, Eric, what's going on? I said, oh, I'm just trying to go go home, mate. And yeah. just, let him go. He's, he's fine. <laughs> so uh, look, yeah, so as I was saying, it's just that really gadgety, fun, mm. um, like it's one of the safest cars in the world, mm-hmm. one of the fastest cars in the yeah. world. Yeah. And if I'm doing something a little bit extra for the environment, something a little bit extra for... Yep. And look, you know, don't get me wrong, I, we've had it for two or three years now, I don't pay for servicing, there's, yeah. there's, no, there's no servicing. There's and I drive past petrol stations and it's got a massive smile on my face. <laughs> so $2 be- a litre. Yeah, so between the solar panels on my house... Yeah. Um, I don't go. I don't pay for petrol. I don't pay for charging. So yeah. the solar panels pay for. So you charge at home. Charge at home predominantly. Yeah, so yeah, um, okay. part of the Tesla X, I get free charging at superstation. So yeah. if I drive to Melbourne, I stop past Horsham. Uh-huh. Fifteen minutes supercharge. Yeah, full, right. full charge, and I don't pay for it. It's, mm. it's lifelong. Awesome. Tesla charging. So yeah, you, you go to Melbourne for free. Um, I've got to drive okay, really? got to drive via Horsham, but yeah. it's a free charge. So then um, wow. when I'm in Melbourne, all the Tesla charges again, Everywhere. no charge. Yeah. So I can go back to forth from Melbourne for zero zero cost. So um, wow, one of my a great mates, Jake Monica, which you oh, probably yes. know, Jake Councillor yes. Monica, like he's full, just crazy, knows everything about these sorts of things. He's a very wise man in that respect. And we spoke we were talking yesterday. He said mm. I was thinking about buying another car. Uh, said surely electric, right? And mm. he's like. Oh, well, we'll just see. We'll just do the maths. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, it, it, My it, next car's electric. I'm putting it out there. Putting it out there. Like, so three I'll, years, I'm going to wait. I've put, I've put a deposit on the uh, Cybertruck. So Have you? I'm like, they, they said it was two years ago, and then this year, and then hopefully it's going to be next year. So who's making that? So Tesla. Tesla. Tesla's huge. Have you seen the Rivian? Yes. So I watched that just as a sidetrack there on. I'll go back one step. I was fortunate to ride the electric Harley when yes. I was in Townsville. Like that is, a, I'm no super motorbike rider, but I, I you know, hmm. I like going fast. Um, that was mind blowing. I, I remember pulling up against these. Imagine Townsville sort of bogan <laughs> dudes in some <laughs> shitty old thing, and I'm on this weird looking motorbike, and they're like ah blah blah blah, and the lights go, and I just went full zoom gone. Um, yeah. It was a cool feeling. Um, <laughs> Where was I going? So, uh, Cyber Trucks are the Rivian. Cyber, so, I have yeah. sort of compared the two. Uh, they're not of, available in Australia, though. No, 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 no. They haven't even built a Cyber Truck, so no one's got oh, a Cyber oh, Truck. Right, so, right. they've literally just this week announced that they've mm. built the factory mm. for where the Teslas, uh, the Cyber Trucks will be built. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so we're looking at a minimum of six months. Yeah, okay. Um, so, hopefully, I'm awesome. enough up, up on the list because I put my deposit down as soon as it was announced. Yeah. And so, yep. hopefully, it gets to Australia um, pretty early on. And, pr- like, w- without naming the, the price, but are they comparative with, like, a Hilux is 80 grand? Yeah. It's, so, so there's, there's three different models yeah. um, and they haven't released an Australian amount, so mm. the speculative 
of mounts and whatever, uh-huh. but the base model will be similar to that 80 grand mark. Which is and you know, so you know, fine, you compare it to a patrol or one of those guys, it's cheaper than the full 130 or 40 or yeah. 50 for these cheaper bloody... than that. Cheaper than that. Wow. And so you got yeah. a triple motor, they're going to have a single motor, double motor, and then a, the triple motor. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Awesome. Um, I had a question which I'm going to. I'll, throw, I'll, I'll just read it that more than anything. I think we've answered the question, but so I, I see memes and posts on the horrendous social media stuff about, you know, it takes, you have to mine coal to make the fuel to run the generator to power the plant that makes the batteries for the EVs. Yes. You know, those things, you would yes. have seen them. Um, do you think EVs can save the planet? I think it, it adds, it, it helps a bit. So, yeah. it, it, like, you know, okay, when you create it, um, like, you know, the the um, creation of these lithium batteries and moving it around because obviously it gets mined in a particular country and then they yeah. pick up that lithium and it gets processed somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a price to pay for everything, and you know, you, is is the seal that you got in your car any better? You, mm. know, you know, and they try their little things. So like you know, we talked about me being tight and not paying for petrol mm. and using my solar panels. So that's going to help. Mm. So you know, even that. Um, you know, is a little bit of contribution to, yep. and uh, you sort of think to yourself, okay, what does it mean being, uh, you know, a, a citizen of, of the world and, and your impact on? So I think all of it helps mm. to some degree. Mm. You know, the, there's no leather inside the car, so okay. it feels like leather, but it's yep. coconut husk. Oh wow! Well. So uh, so there's That's cool. So there's little things like that. So you yep. know, carbon fiber where it needs to be. Mm. Um, mm. So it, he's trying. Yeah, you know, yeah so for sure. If we're all trying and we're all aware, I think yep. that's the best you can ask for somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, I say to my kids, you know, if you really worry about climate change, don't use your phone because you're going to recharge that or you yeah. turn off the lights that we talked about before. Mm, mm. And they don't want to turn off their lights. They want to have the <laughs> air conditioning blast yeah, in full blast. Yeah. I'm like, Speaking of that, this is freezing. Are you cold? <laughs> I'm fine. You're I'm good? good? I'm good. Okay. I, I work with... Uh, uh, a lot of uh, people in my business, and you know, they they always comment about the wet, the temperature. So I just ignore it. I just I'm just a, a happy person that just gets along. So yeah, so my kids aren't willing to turn off the air conditioning, and, and, and you know, and, you know. So it's like, okay, guys. So you know, these are things that we should be doing mm. if you want to help. So hopefully, you know, if I remind them often enough, they'll yeah. once you learn. Then you know, when they become younger adults and uh, adults themselves, yeah, like, oh, yep, Dad used to tell me about this, and you know, That's they'll right. start remembering. And, and there's a reason why. I, I have a saying with my my kids. I don't mind spending money. I hate wasting money. Yes, I'll spend. There's things in this room that are stupidly <laughs> money has been spent. But to me, it's not a waste. No, wasting is having the aircon on, the split system on, and doors open, and then walk around in singlet. Yeah, like with that or, on there. Yeah, or, or jumper on. Like you know, yeah, my, my, yeah, like, yeah. I'll go into my, my daughter's room and she'll have a jumper on. I'm like, sweet, the air conditioning's blasting, and you got a jumper on. It's cold. Take, take a jumper off. Yeah, <laughs> how about that for an idea? <laughs> I know. Um, mate, I reckon... I, I know myself. I feel fortunate to live in the great town of Muldura. Um My family history is lengthy, as I spoke to you, to you before. I'm acutely aware of the social problems in our town, and I think they're probably everywhere throughout our country and beyond, and that, that is a sad situation, which, you know, hopefully that improves over time. Um, if you could make one or two or a couple of changes to Mildura, if you had the... The, the magic wand and you could change anything you want one couple of things what would it be in this town yeah like uh, one of the the other hats I do because you know I've got so much time on my hands is uh, <laughs> I'm the secretary treasurer for the Muldura Liberal Party okay 
and we had a fair chance of getting a new hospital to Mildura. Mm. And so I devoted a fair bit of time and uh, we didn't win. Mm. It's, um, and uh, a new hospital would, would have had multiple effects for Mildura because mm. I spoke to the guy at the hospital who hires the doctors. Yep. And his problem with uh, getting new doctors to Mildura is that if he put an oncologist on or a specialist on, there's no beds in the hospital to put these patients in. The hospital's not big okay. enough. Right, so you know, so if you had a doctor that said, "Okay, I want to move to Mildura," yep, um, a there's no space for them to actually do their job properly, mm. so they couldn't do it. And then if you had two different hospitals, like two different jobs going, you know, one in Melbourne for a brand new hospital, yeah, or Mildura that's got an older hospital with not it enough space. It was only a temporary, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it built as a temporary? Yeah. So you yeah. know, within five years, like it, um, it was already too old. Yes, and and that's fifteen years ago, right? Wow. So yeah, long story short. Mm. Mildura's medical needs and I see it firsthand every single day and some of these stories are just heartbreaking Mm. Um, like Mm. you know I had a a really close uh, friend whose mother had a heart attack Mm. uh, went to the hospital and there was sadly nothing that they could do for them and she literally waited to die and Mm. you know we live in in the lucky country Australia is such a plentiful beautiful country and sometimes Mildura gets forgotten about yeah, and yeah. you know the the GP service the specialist the hospital setting so if I could do anything mm-hmm. you know we just want our fair share like we just want you know yeah. if we get sick we've got you know um, somewhere to go to and we'll get looked after and treated so yeah. nothing away from the <clears throat> nurses and doctors that work at the hospital yeah they are, they're unbelievable they're unbelievable hats off to them they're the yeah. hardest working most beautiful and that's one of the problems about Mildura has is that when you try to um, uh, say that the problem with the hospital people think oh but the nurses are working so hard doctors are working so hard yes they are yeah. we're not saying yeah. anything against the staff mm. it's the actual um, it's the building entity behind the it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's the funding behind that yes. that's the issue yep um, so you know it, and, and, and sort of a problem with people oh you can't attack the hospital it's like no no because you're looking at the wrong way around yeah, yeah. so the staff are fantastic and unbelievable yep. and beautiful people um, but you know there's a certain point even themselves are you know getting pushed to limits and getting the COVID pushed. must have yeah pushed them to the edge so um, yeah, yeah. So before and after like you know it's it's uh, you know they're still struggling with you know resources and, and yeah. you know so it's uh, so if I could change anything yep the um the you know the medical slash hospital system in Mildura mm. um, just needs a few more. Uh, degrees have turned up and saying, okay, we just need a better service. So, yeah. you know, I, I, in my job, like I say to someone, oh, you need to see a doctor urgently. And the doctors are saying, oh, an urgent consult is two to three weeks wait. Yep. That's not urgent. If I can wait two to three weeks, that's you not... You may be ur- no longer with That's us. not the definition of urgency. No. And, you know, so a normal <clears throat> visit, you know, could be a month, two months away. Yeah. And again, don't get me wrong, the doctors in Mildura are working. They're doing absolute, what they can do. They're working the absolute heart and, mm. and I, you know, know a lot of them quite personally, and they are trying their hardest. And, yeah. You know, they struggle to take a holiday because they sort of say, that, say to themselves, "If I take some leave, what is going to happen to these patients? We're already backlogged so much." They're seeing, well, however, mm. I don't know how many people a day they see, but yeah. So it's uh, so if we could, if we could mm. change that, that would be Love uh, that, mate. really nice. And just yeah, yeah. Um, and then so it gets back to my scenario. Um, listen to your body mm. and. Uh, and uh, try to look after yourself and try yep. not to get sick. Anything you can do to help prevent mm. getting to that stage. Um, one of the things, if I can get a moment to, you know, give a bit of advice to people out mm. there. Absolutely. There's an old saying about you are what you eat, mm-hmm. right? 
I'm sort of looking at it in a different way now mm. is that you are what you eat, what you consume on social media. Mm. So if I went onto your social media, I'm guessing there's lots of sports posts, mm-hmm. a lot yep. of, you know, music. Um, music. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, you go into my one, um, motivational speaker, yep. um, neuropsychiatrist, neuroscientist, um, people that are sort of, you know, body hacks and different ways of yeah. looking at stuff. And some of the things that we're discovering about our bodies is phenomenal. So if you are, you know, doom and gloom and you're, getting, you're, mm. you're going down this spiral of depression, look at what you're consuming in, the, in your social media. Yep. Are you looking at <clears throat> negative stuff? Are you looking at... And these um, different uh, platforms literally have algorithms built to, to give you what you think it, it, it you want. Nah. So if you yeah. look at something bad, it keeps giving you more of that stuff. So yep. look at sunshine, look at unicorns, look at the... At the uh, <coughs> Rainbows. So exactly. So that. consume, exactly. Um, and you'll become that. So if you're looking at these motivational speakers and different mm. people that are, you know, and look, don't get me wrong, half of what's on social media is crap. Like yep. no one lives those lifestyles. No one's, you know, going on these holidays and doing all the stuff that they're doing. Being the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> they send me crazy. I can't go there. Move on. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so try to um, consume, uh, and you'll you'll become what you eat. Yeah, it's made it's incredibly insightful, uh, and you know it's not. Um, yeah, it, there's nothing so much scientific. It's just really, and I, I say obvious, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. Mm. I mean respectfully. It, it makes sense. Mm. It's as simple if as that. If you're looking at and the algorithms, well, if you look at, you know, I'm sad because of this. It's just going to impact you and more, more, more. I guess. Um, yeah, I look at. Pearl Jam and basketball that's about me <laughs> having said that I listen to loads of podcasts that are mindfulness and, and thinking about lots of different things and you know the gratitude bit was born out of something I heard um, on, on a podcast I listened to so I listen yep. to all kinds of different random ones um, mate we've got like 25 more questions but no not really 25 <laughs> but a few I'll, I'll um, answer just the question I won't try to go sidetrack nah, I'll mate, just, just this is free flow like <laughs> I don't have to ask you all the things, you know, we'll get you, you back. One question I do have, and I don't want to get political so much as I want your, your thoughts on this. Mm. So if, let's say, the Liberal Party had won the state election. Yes. But we still had uh, Jade Benham win as a national. Yes. Do you think we would have got a hospital bill here? Yes. You do? Yes. Yeah. So the Liberal Nationals are coalition. Yep. So the, there's one party that... Uh, one party room mm-hmm. that negotiates and agrees on all of that. So nationals or liberals, whoever got in, if, if the state had won it, yep. we would have got a new hospital. Mm. And the sad part for me is that this was sort of... People chuck away to comment once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, yeah. but this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So in four years' time when the next election happens mm. and liberals happen to win, if mm. it happens, we're not going to get... Um, oh, hope we do but mm. most likely we won't get a hospital then because yeah. what we had this opportunity this time was that the current government had put money aside for a train system yeah. that wasn't going to benefit the whole state it was only mm. going to benefit a part of Melbourne right. and so that money was budgeted borrowed mm. it was just sitting there yeah. so that money could have built numerous hospitals across the state mm. there was you know road infrastructure like you know yeah. if you've driven around we'll drive the roads and yeah. it, there's yeah. so many different parts of the state with needed money and this was this money that was just sitting there that was just going to get reallocated so 
yes, Nationals would have given us a hospital if the state had won it. Yeah. And in four years' time, that money is already going to have been spent... On something else. On something else. Yeah. And so we're not going to have the opportunity to potentially do new hospitals. So mm. um, it was worth a go, yeah. um, but it wasn't meant to be. Sad. And as you say, mate, we, that's one thing. It's a great one. Like, I've, I've had... A, when I wrote that question, I sort of had lots of different things in my head and probably wasn't in that space, but I really agree with you that mm. um, having, unfortunately, experienced um, attending in an emergency-type situation myself, hospital during COVID, and the poor people that were... Not the poor people. The staff that were working that were under duress mm. and the situation I ended up finding myself in... Obviously, you know, my wife wasn't allowed to go into the hospital because, yep. of, and you know, oh, it wasn't great. Um, anyway, I'm here talking to you, so it's all good. <laughs> yes. um, just a couple of quick, not quick, a couple of points, a couple of things. Um, so I recall you, you lost your dad a few years ago. 11 years. 11, 11. January 1st. Goodness but, me, um, 11. 11 years. Wow. Um, and my, my dad's uh, my dad, my wife's dad passed away uh, a couple of years back, and look, I, honestly, I think she dealt with it better than I did. I was mm. maybe it's just about people. I don't know. Where, yeah, it, it, yeah. Maybe we just deal with things differently. I'm a bit more overt with my <laughs> feelings, perhaps. Um, just tell me about your dad. I, I know that. Um, I mean, I've got a, a visual um, image of him. Yes. Um, obviously, I sort of knew a little bit when I worked at Westpac, and you know, oh, yes. dad sometimes comes through yep. the bank. So, um, dad was my whole world, and you know, people say it, but I truly uh, meant it. Like he mm. was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like literally every day we would talk to each other. Yep. And uh, you know. I'd never made a life decision without him. Mm. You know, he would always have the answers, uh, made me the person that I am, you know, taught me so much and led by example. Like, yep. you know, when we were sort of growing up, so he came from a childhood, um, like, you know, you know, born in the 50s, mm-hmm. where cigarette smoking was the norm. Mm-hmm. Drinking was, you know, pretty, you know. Mm. And so he would sort of say, okay, I'm not going to just tell you not to drink or tell you not to smoke. I'm mm. just going to do it myself and lead by that example. Yeah. And so he would quit smoking because, you know, so dad, what's this smoking business? Yeah, yeah. And that kind of stuff. So, okay. um, and it would always explain things. And, and he sort of showed me the curiosity of, it's not so much the rules of yes or no, it's, it's the whys behind things. Mm. And, you know, why do we do this in a particular way? Why do we do that in a particular way? And to create that curiosity in my mind and that spark where I want to learn, I want to know more. Mm, And he just had this brain where uh, he would pull things apart and just put it back together. And he was very mechanically minded and just really gifted in that regard. So, you know, he taught himself, you know, how to fix cars and how to, you know, you know, anything in the house breakdowns like that, what's going on here and like, you know. And uh, so he was just this uh, force for the whole family. And uh, Mm. so... I uh, did lose him uh, 11 years ago, but just so grateful. And, you know, obviously the, the story of these podcasts is the gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just grateful to have the time that I had with him. And uh, yeah. he just taught me so much. And it was just in every single way in his life, you know, just from the work ethic to the knowledge to the generosity. And, like, you know, I can remember a story where we were driving and there was a, um, a religious person in the car mm. and there was someone broken down on the side of the road mm. and dad starts pulling over and then the guy goes what are you doing because i'm i'm gonna go help the guy yeah and he's like but we're on the way to somewhere and he's like yeah. but these people need help yeah and so for wow. me looking at that it was like 
mm. you know, you can talk the talk or you can walk the walk. And Dad yeah. was very firmly walk the walk. Awesome. Not going to big note himself never no. he was a very humble man wouldn't tell you what he achieved or what he did yep. he would just do it mm. so mm. we were late to get to wherever we were going but he wanted to help this person and yep. that was all that that mattered so mm. he would give you the, the last shirt off his back the last yeah. bite of food um, you know whenever there was a, a get together it wasn't about you know excluding anyone or whatever it was like more the merrier invite whoever you want yeah. like yeah. you know so you get to these functions and it wouldn't be even a reason like it wasn't actually a birthday at all yeah. um, but you didn't like the artificial you know celebrations of a birthday or whatever if you wanted to get together people would just rock up yeah. and you know, we would have people rocking up at our house <laughs> at all times and uh, he just had this joy and energy around him and people would just flock around us. So yeah, we would awesome. like get together and like it'll be in-laws of in-laws of in-laws rocking up to these <laughs> people and like, you know, so he just had this massive, uh, you know, vibe and one of the things that uh, he said is that his funeral, he wants to have a massive lineup of people to visit and when he got buried out at Nichols Point, mm. it was literally from the cemetery all the way up to Curitan Avenue, so the lineup of cars. Wow. So yeah, so he got a, a nice little send-off and the there respect. was... The respect and there were so many people um, that, w- that came to it. And, you know, when you talk about handling situations, I'm trying to remember the times and the mm. human psyche is very good at protecting itself and um, mm, mm. and sort of shutting off parts of it. And yep. I didn't go to work for a full month. I was sort of, wow, uh, okay. you know, zombie mode. And yep. I can remember a few years later saying to my wife, I said, oh, I don't remember my friends from uni. Um, were they, did they come and visit during when, when dad passed away? Mm. And, he, and my wife goes to me, you told him not to come. Really? And I said, I said that, did I? They yeah. Go, yeah they, you said to him straight, like I was there yeah. on the phone when you were talking to him. He goes, you told him not to come. I'm wow. Like, I don't remember that. I don't remember you that conversation. So, yes, yeah, yeah. so I was literally, my brain just, you know, in survival mode. So I don't remember much of the actual time around it. Like it was, it's New Year's Day mm. um, when, when dad passed away. So, uh, yeah, the phone call mm. when... Uh, yeah, I won't go into too much detail, but no, I'll bring, no, I'll no, bring no, a tear no. to my yeah, to myself. Yeah, but uh, no. yeah, so it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was New Year's Day, and I remember mm. quite clear the whole the whole day. But yeah, mm. the rest of the, the month, I sort of remember interactions. Mm. Uh, mm. I remember the funeral itself, and um, mm. but yeah, the befores and afters is a bit of a. It sounds to me like you are replicating your dad in that respect. From the things you said about him, and I, <laughs> I, I, I say that with you know, thank you, with honesty and and that's literally the um, best compliment you could give me. Like, yeah. you know, if you if you like you know, so like uh, occasionally I'll grow a beard, and uh, yeah. Dad had a beard his entire life, like my yeah. entire um, childhood, he always mm. had it, mm. and. Sometimes I will grow the beard to remember him. Yes. And other times it sort of becomes a bit too much of a burden, like, you know, um, and I'll shave the beard. So yep. it, it's... Uh, Almost it's too much. Remember, too much, yeah. Of, yeah. So, you know, I don't, yeah. don't want to be... Like, people say, oh, you look like your dad. Mm. And it's like, okay, beard's coming off. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I can, I can never replicate him. No. I love to emulate him and try to, you know, yep. copy his mm. path. But, yeah, I could never be... Uh, dad, he was yeah. A no, one. that's awesome, and that's a beautiful story, mate. It's um, I, I don't know why, but I just knew for some reason. I don't know. You had a connection. I hope you did. I mean, I was on a limb there talking about <laughs> your dad. Nah, the, um, yeah, it's uh, I literally. Like, there's not a day that goes past I don't think about him. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit upset at the moment in the regards of the uh, the floods have stopped access to Nichols Point Cemetery. Mm, yeah. And so literally. 
in the 11 years, there's probably been half a dozen times when I haven't visited him once a week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And even if I go on a holiday, when we're lucky enough to, you know, when yep. we could go on holidays, mm. um, if I knew I was going away, I would visit him twice that week so yeah, I could sort awesome. of catch up. So there's probably been, yeah, as I said, five or six times in the 11 years that I haven't visited. Yeah. But in the past, what, five, it's been nearly six weeks six now. Six weeks, yeah. yeah I haven't yeah. been accessed down there. So it is hurting soon, me. It is, it is. It's going to be soon. It is. So, yeah. So that, that is on my mind and it is mm. it is playing on me a bit that I haven't visited Dad yeah. in that time. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, everyone's got to sacrifice the pain and there's people mm. who lost a lot more, mm. uh, you mm. know, with these floods and, mm. the, and the repairs they're going to be doing. It's going to, this is going to be lasting for a while. Be long. So, yeah. if this yep. is what I've got to put up with, then that's so Yeah. Bad. No, awesome. Mate, um, so as we know, season two, the Roundabout podcast, I put a renovation on the back. We're now going um, around about podcast, Gratitude Road. Um, I'm going to ask every person the same question. It's a short question. It's what are you most grateful for in life? And the back of that is, and can you commit to me to help spreading the word about gratitude? And I already know the answer to that, mate, but... Um, yeah. So the short answer is family. That's what I'm most yes. grateful for. Yeah. And I literally, like we talk about childhood and what my family brought to me. Yeah. And then I try to impart that on my kids now and mm. my and my extended family. So you know, my in-laws, uh, my um, my own family, just try to. I'm so grateful for what they've. Because you are who you know your surroundings. You, you, you totally. Know. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am who I am because of them. Yeah. So warts and all. So be it. So, mm. um, so short answer: family is what I'm most grateful for. But you know, family can also be you know, you are the average of people that you surround with. Mm. So mm. if you hang around with low lives, there's most chance that you know you're going to end up you know being a low life. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really fortunate that I've got some amazing people around me. Mum mm. is still a powerhouse of a yep. person. Like she, um, you know, just carried on Dad's legacy. Mm. And you know, one of the things that uh, helped me sort of uh, get through dad's passing away mm. was that they talk about energy and energy never gets destroyed energy just moves along mm. into different states so what I needed to do and look at my different family members is that what dad's role and dad's energy was dispersed into other people so yeah, mum took, mum took some of that role mm. I took some of that role so mm-hmm. I've got younger siblings so yep. um, I'm 42 I've got a 40 year old sister then it drops down to 26 25 and uh-huh. 24 right. um, so 20 year gap Rough, yeah, okay. um, so my, my youngest <clears throat> sister Shene is 20 years younger than me. Wow, so when dad passed away, I was sort of a father role for yeah, that, and sure. I was sort of always trying to be okay, um, big brother, but you know, if you need that father role, it's there, yeah. Um, yep. so it was sort of uh, a role. So, that, so when you lose a loved one, mm. look at it as the energy, and that mm. energy's got to get moved around, so you'll find different people have different, you know, uh, roles in your life, so yeah, um, have, have a look at that, and um family is what I'm most grateful for how can I pass that on like you know I firmly believe that you know we need to be here for the service of others and Mm. whatever you can do I can remember uh, one of the things that uh, people kept saying Eric you're always happy Mm. and um, I sort of think am I am I I really that happy person yeah I reckon you are and what it is is a simple trick I can and I remember it uh, vivid very vividly I was uh, a young man and I saw a friend from high school, and he was one of the cool kids, yeah. Right? Um, I wouldn't say he was a good friend, but you know, no, obviously, from somebody and, knew, yeah. And when he saw me at Kmart, and I can remember like 
which I'll worried and, yeah. you know, and he just smiled at me. Yeah. And when I walked away, I said, why do I feel good all of a sudden? Like what, what happened in that interaction? Yeah. And it was just a simple smile. It's free, isn't it? It's so free, friendly. easy. Yeah. How yeah. hard is yeah. it to smile? Yeah. Right. And so I sort of took that upon myself saying, that's the way I'm going to treat everybody from now on. So yeah. whoever I meet, smile at them. Beautiful. And uh, it's yeah. just that simple thing. And, and it's amazing the response that you get from that. Yeah. And it's, as you're saying, it's simple, it's free, doesn't cost you Most anything. Most people will smile back at you when you're smiling, won't they? Exactly. So I mean, we're sitting here with grins on our head, faces <laughs> going, you know, um, yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. Fantastic way for us to finish up. Um, mate, I just want to say that that's, this has been a, an amazing chat. Really, um, you know, as I said earlier, I've, I've known you as in, I've known you as Eric yep. from Canvas Warehouse, bump into you on the morning walks <laughs> at times, but it's just, this is why this, doing this is so awesome from my perspective, and that's what I'm grateful for. Yeah. One of the things is grateful for the opportunity to talk to people. Um, so, mate, thank you so much. Um, I have a feeling, uh, there's many questions we didn't get to, so I have a feeling, <laughs> um, season three, let's get you back. I want to, I want to, um, I want to hear about the new Ute when that comes along. For sure. Um, I, yeah, I just the, the short story. I watched the docker with you um, and McGregor when they rode the electric Harley oh, yes. from the bottom of South America up to California, uh, and the Rivian they built a Rivian, yes, too maybe just for that to get into different spots, and that was their like the the test vehicle sort of thing, and it broke and things happened and whatever. But anyway, so I said to Jake. I want a Rivian. He goes, man, they're not even made yet. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, we'll wind it up. Um, thanks, Eric. Um, can you please finish with your famous sign-off? Other than me saying, what's the catchphrase? The uh, stop paying too much. <laughs> so uh, what, what I'm worried about when people, when I say my uh, my catchphrase, what yeah. I do it on the radio spot, yeah. is I don't want to be associated with Homer Simpson. That's all I think about when you do you it. Do, oh, my gosh. That's He's one of my favourite <laughs> humans, though, mate. So. <laughs> all right. We'll sign it off from there, and Eric's going to say his cool thing. Woohoo! See you guys. Gratitude Road. <laughs>